Ethos. The hardest thing about creativity is it takes tremendous courage to put yourself out there to risk looking like a fool in front of everybody. And one of the most creative and courageous people you'll ever meet right now is Lucy Holmes from Melbourne, Australia. In Australia, female radio hosts were kind of blonde sidekicks that were there to maybe add some color to like the male's opinion. I played that role for a short amount of time, but I was very lucky. I worked with some really incredible men who were like, you're so much more. You're not the sidekick. I got some great advice from a great mentor who said, don't be beige. Don't just be the nice girl on radio that everyone likes. Be a strong woman. Be opinionated. Don't be afraid. And he goes, and then people will love you as opposed to just like you. I'm Paul Goldsmith, a creative coach and entrepreneur, and you're listening to the Creative Coach Cast. Lucy, you've got to be one of Australia's hardest working creatives. You have a degree in music, theater, singing, acting, and dancing. You've worked as a television host, professional singer, actress, recording artist, voiceover artist, and model. And you're also the current co-host of the Lucy and Kel Breakfast Show on 89.9 Light FM in Melbourne, Australia. Is there anything you don't do? Oh, it's so funny hearing it all listed out like that. I kind of sound like a a jack of all trades. (laughs) Well, you are. Can I call you like Australia's Ryan Seacrest? I would love that. I love how he wears so many different hats on screen and off screen. So yeah, I love that. I'll take that. You do it all. So how are you doing? Juggling it all? Yes. Well, I tell you what, like everybody in the world, COVID threw a huge spanner in the works of every single person. And in Melbourne right now, which is where I'm at in Australia. We just got the dubious honor of being the most lockdown place on earth. So we have done over 220 odd days in lockdown now over the last 18 months on and off, which is hard. And that is really tough. How has that affected you professionally just being closed up in your home for so long? The first year of being locked down, I think, was so tough for creatives. And that's the industry I work in. All my friends are singers, dancers, actors, opera singers, like everyone in my world is some sort of performer. And the arts industry has just been decimated in Australia. There are no gigs, there's no nothing, no one's working. It's horrifying. And so everyone's creativity was just sapped. It has just been really tragic to see. However, I think it did turn a corner this year because I think we all realized, oh, this isn't going to go away overnight. This We're in this for the long haul. And so I feel like people's creativity has slowly and surely been coming back. People have been looking for new creative ways, I think, to perform and to do different things. But it certainly has been hard on the creatives. It, it did sap everybody of energy. Sitting at home in your four walls is probably one of the toughest things when I think it comes to feeling absolutely not creative. I mean, you're not out, you're not about, you're not experiencing. And so it can be really hard. Indeed. And in addition to the, where you host the morning show on Light FM, it's known as a positive radio station. And so not all the news is positive, right? And that's a very challenging experience. So how have you managed to remain so positive through it all? I'm naturally a really positive person. Like I love looking on the bright side, but obviously being locked down constantly, delivering bad news every day to listeners, it's hard. And I don't ever, ever want to be that person who is all about toxic positivity. Like life is great. It's great. You know, just pray more. Like that's just not helpful and it's not real life. But what we try and do is present what's happening, have a very realistic look at it, but then also try and find those moments where we can be positive, where we can go, all right, we can't control this, but we can control other things like 
being grateful about certain things. And so it was just trying to find that balance of being uplifting, having fun, realizing that a lot of people were struggling, but trying not to give them neat pat answers that just didn't help people. Just being authentic. Yeah. When the fifth lockdown was announced, which wasn't that long ago, we're in our sixth lockdown right now. I think each time I was like, all right, I'll get through this. We've got to the fifth one. And so we've nearly been a year in our houses, which is crazy. But the fifth one just hit me. And I remember they announced it on the news and I just burst into tears. And I spoke about that on air the next day. And now we're a positive radio station, but what people want, you're right, is authenticity and vulnerability. And so I spoke about how I just stood in my kitchen crying because we're going into another lockdown. And I think that's what people want. They don't just want someone cheering them on going, we'll get through this. We're in this together, you know, because they know all those platitudes. They know them. They hear them every other day, but they want people just going, this is hard. And I think I've said one thing constantly over the last 18 months, which is what a psychologist told me once, which was that feelings are like a tunnel. They have an end point and you just got to keep going through that tunnel. Don't just stop halfway through the tunnel and sit in your anger at lockdown or your grief or your frustration. Just keep traveling through your tunnel because you will eventually come out the other end. So I kept telling our listeners, keep feeling what you're feeling. If you're feeling upset, frustrated, grieving, angry, it's okay. We have feelings. God created us with feelings. Feel them, but don't just stay in them if they're super negative, but give yourself permission to to walk through that tunnel because we're all sharing a collective PTSD from being locked in our houses for so long, I think. Yeah, for sure. I like that analogy of the tunnel. And I know follow you on Instagram. You're a mom and newfound respect for teachers because you've been doing the homeschool thing. How's that working? Full-time creative professional, now homeschool mom. I tell you what, it has nearly killed me. I can't tell you how hard it is. I, I'm i a terrible teacher. I have zero patience and sitting down and doing work. And I have a little one. So she's seven. So she's in her first year of school. So she can't just sit and do her work. You have to sit with her. Oh, we had a shouting match about oh, 20 minutes before I started chatting to you. Her and I were shouting at each other. And she stormed off and slammed the door. And I just had a moment, breathed, went into her room. And I said, all right, we're not doing this. We are on the same side. We are best mates. Let's just have a piece of chocolate each and come back and start again. And she was fine. We shook hands and we started again. But it's really hard. It's so hard. It's just, I can't even tell you how tricky it is. And I've never loved teachers more. They're amazing what they do. They are incredible. So you've been in the arts. You've been on television, radio. Would you hope that for your daughter? Yeah, my daughter is a chip of the old block. So she is a very confident, loud, very theatrical and dramatic seven-year-old. So I would not be surprised if she ended up in the arts. It's a great industry. You've got to do it for the love, not for the money, but you definitely feel (laughs) fulfilled. That's right. So of the many different pursuits you've had in the arts, singing, dancing, acting, television, radio, what has been your favorite job? Well, I studied music theatre at uni and I thought I'll go into musicals. I'll go and I'll be on, I'll be in Les Mis and I'll be in Phantom and I'll do this. And I I love singing and acting and performing as someone else. And then I ended up after uni, I became a, there's a singer in Australia in the world who's massive, but she's not big in America, but around the world, she's been massive for 35 years. And her name's Kylie Minogue. Oh yeah, of course. She's huge everywhere. Like she's Australia's like queen. And so I became a Kylie Minogue impersonator because I look a lot like her and I could mimic her voice. And so it's amazing. It's crazy. And so I actually started performing in a stage show about Kylie and I did that full time for 20 years. And that was so awesome. And then I fell into TV along the way. It was great. It was live TV. So it was like 
you had to know your stuff. And then that finished up after about a year of being on TV every night. And I remember thinking, oh, I've got to get back into TV. I love TV, but it's, there's not much TV happening in Australia. So, and the same people get the same jobs. And then I ended up getting a, a bit of a, a role on this Christian radio station, which was great because I've been a Christian my whole life. And I thought I'll do this radio gig for six months and then I'll have it on my CV that I've done stage and TV and radio. And I thought, oh, I'm a triple Checking the boxes, right. And I started doing radio and that six months has turned into 13 years. And now I'm wow. the longest serving Christian host in the country, which is mind blowing to me. So out of everything I've done, whilst I love everything, radio certainly probably has my heart more than anything because of the connection, the intimacy, the the joy it brings people, the relationship you have with listeners is second to nothing. You don't get that on TV. You don't get it from being on stage. You only get it through radio. You mentioned being in in Christian radio, and it's very different there in Australia than it is in the U.S., Maybe explain how it's different at the Light FM than it would be on a station here in the U.S. Yeah, so Christian radio, very different in this whole country. Nearly every single Christian station works the same. But we have a different kind of mission here. So our Christian radio stations kind of broadcast for people who may not know God yet, but are looking for something hopeful and positive. And so it's kind of very outreach. It's very mission focused. We're not programming for Christians who just want to hear Christian music. And whilst that's awesome, and there are lots of other little stations that just do that, we're interested in people who don't have a relationship with God. So to attract those kind of listeners, you can't just play Danny Gokey and for King and Country and Toby Mac because people will turn on and go, who who are these people? So what we do is we have a great mix of music where you'll hear Beyonce, you'll hear the latest Justin Bieber, Ed Sheeran, you'll hear you 2 you'll hear your 90s classics. And then, you know, every so often, maybe every second, third song, depends on the station again, you'll have your Danny Gokey hit, you'll have your big one from For King and Country, you'll have those Christian artists that are incredible who write those songs that just can stand up next to a Beyonce song, you know, and sound extraordinary. And our hope is that people go, what is this? What is this song talking to me about? You know, God's not done writing my story. And our hope is that people come for a great, positive, uplifting station, hear these songs and hear other things on the station and start going on a faith journey that takes them to getting to know God and the peace that God brings. So they're all very outreach driven. And that's what I'm passionate about. I absolutely love that. I'm just curious. Obviously, you're open about your strategy there. What's the feedback? People love it. And I think one of the things I love the most is when we do our appeals, which I know you guys do in the States as well. And we get people calling in and I love it when someone calls in and they're like, Hey, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God, but I love your station. And there's something about it. When I listen to it, I feel better. And I'm like, boom, I know what that is. And I'm so excited you're listening. We've had Buddhists call in. We've had Muslims call in and go, we don't, we're not Christian, but we love what this station stands for. And that for me is so great because God is so extraordinarily big and inclusive. And I love that this station can reach everybody because we're not preaching at people. We're not condemning people or judging people. We're not being hypocritical. We're just saying, hey, we reckon that there's an incredible God who loves all of us. And we're just going to tell you about him. And we're also going to do that in a really positive and uplifting way because life is really hard no matter who you are. So come on this journey with us and we guarantee your day will feel better from listening to this station. Yeah, you're, you're definitely onto something. The gospel literally translates to the good news and it should be the good news for everyone, not yeah. a particular subset of Christians or you know people that agree with right. you, right? Yeah, that's what excites me. I mean, 
I'm very privileged. I'm I'm a white woman in a Western world and I understand my privilege, you know, and I don't ever just want to speak to that demographic. I'm excited about speaking to absolutely everybody on the planet and in such an inclusive way, because I'm like, that's what the gospel is for me. That's who God is for me. And when they say there's something about this station and I'm thinking, well, I think that's the good news of God coming through and the fact that you are worthy, you have a destiny, you're loved. That's what I think. So that's why I love how radio works here in Australia. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. And it sounds like it's really working with your morning show on the Light FM. Do you feel pressure every day to deliver to a million people this uplifting content every day? Is it ever intimidating for you? You know, it's not anymore. I think because I've done it for so long and I feel like the people who are bedded in and enjoy listening to me, they've stuck around. And if someone didn't like me, well, they, they probably don't listen anymore. Where do you find inspiration for your show every day? What's your process like? Anytime anything, and I'm sure every other radio host who's, who's ever been on a show does the same thing. As soon as anything, anything happens in your life, you make a mental note or I stick it in, you know, I stick it in my phone, in my little notes file of these great talk topics. And it's just about, we scour the papers for what are the hot topics? What are, what does our demographic of listeners care about? It's always got to be so inclusive to those people and not self-indulgent. There's no point me talking about something I'm obsessed about if no one else cares about it. In our show, we try and make it one big conversation with all the listeners and make them the stars, make their stories the stars so it's not self-indulgent. And I think that's why we've lasted so long. You mentioned you kind of bear it all on the air. You want to share with us maybe a story, most embarrassing uh, moment on the air? This is probably the worst thing I've ever done on air. And God bless this girl because I know her and she's lovely and she was fine. And you're going to cringe and it's okay if you have a giggle because it's terrible and she thought it was funny. Just giving you permission because it is a terrible story. Okay. But we were years ago, we were interviewing one of the runners up of The Voice. I think she came second. And every single year in Australia, we have this huge thing called Carols by Candlelight. It's this big TV event and it's massive to be able to sing there. And when you look out at this amphitheater, there's 30,000 people holding candles and the view is spectacular. And so I was interviewing Rachel, this girl who is beautiful and vision impaired. We're live on air. And I said to her, what was it like standing there looking at all the beautiful candles? And she goes quiet. She goes, Lucy, I'm blind. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I was so embarrassed. She, however, is an angel and thought it was funny. And yeah. I don't think I've ever lived that down, ever. That's probably one of the worst, most embarrassing things I've ever done live on air. But I've done many, and that's just one of them. <laughs> that's fantastic. Has there been an insult that you've, you've been proud of? Like, they meant it's an insult, but you took it as a badge of honor. Look, when I started in Christian radio... It's 13 years ago. And I know 13 years actually, it's actually quite a long time. A lot of in the world has changed in 13 years. For sure. Like social media. Yeah. And like even social media and the way radio happened. And and in Australia, female radio hosts in Christian radio and generally sometimes in other stations, commercial, were kind of blonde sidekicks Mm -hmm. that were there to maybe add some color to like the male's opinion. And so I came along and I played that role for a short amount of time, but I was very lucky. I worked with some really incredible men who were like, you're so much more. You're not the sidekick. I got some great advice from a great mentor who said, don't be beige. Don't just be the nice girl on radio that everyone likes. 
be a strong woman, be opinionated, don't be afraid. And he goes, and then people will love you as opposed to just like you. And so I started becoming a strong woman on radio. And that meant a whole world of different things. Like me and my co-host would play competitions and I'd be the competitive one, like the super competitive one Mm -hmm. who was a bad loser. People loved it. But then of course it would really irritate some men. And I would get like messages from men going, you're a domineering woman. You're a strong woman. And I remember after I had my baby, I got a piece of fan mail from a man going, why are you back? You need to be at home raising your child. And I was like, wow, that just like it literally the first few years I cried when I get messages like that. But after 13 years, I have the thickest skin now. And when I get messages like that, they don't affect me anymore. Wow. That's amazing. You must have a thick skin that it doesn't affect you now. And, you know, just to exist in the social media world now, you have to. Well, the point of the Creative Coach Cast is really to encourage people that maybe aren't in a creative job now or they're not able to express their creativity. They've got an idea. How would you encourage them, you know, to put it out there and open themselves up to criticism because there will be the critics, right? Firstly, you just got to start. If you just sit there going, I will eventually do something or I have a creative idea, but you don't actually start doing it, then it's fruitless. So you've just got to start creating. Now, whether that never sees the light of day, it doesn't matter because it's about the journey of creating, right? It's not about that end point because you don't really know what that's going to look like. Um, The second thing I'd say is get a mentor because I think mentors and people who can advise you who've been there, done that are just worth their weight in gold. And I have found so many people want to help. They want to mentor. It's really rare people go, I do not wish to help you on your journey. And the last thing I'd say is adding into this last point is, yes, don't be proud about your ideas. Like be so willing to learn. So from people, from your mentor, putting it out to market, like you've just got to start doing something. And it's so exciting when you do, because you can find yourself doing things you've never thought you've done before. And that can really give you something to do and feel your soul. You know, that's what it's all about. What's on the horizon for you? What's next new and exciting that you're looking forward to starting? I I have such a random life. So I do radio and I also do a lot of voiceover work for companies around the world. I did a voiceover for a real estate agent in Dubai the other day. And I'm like, this is so weird. (laughs) Uh, So I'm always doing all these weird things like radio, doing bits of TV. Obviously I, I gig as well. And then I've been finding myself doing things, creating at home, like I've been wanting to make. So I started a mask business and I've sold so many masks during COVID and that's why my creative outlet, which is so weird. I thought I was going to sell four and I, I can't even, I've lost count of how many I've sold. And, and then my other passion, which is so random, I love fashion. And I thought, you know what I would love to do? Design like really iconic one-off denim jackets that are hand-painted with like words on them of hope. And they're these epic one pieces that women can wear to remind themselves that they are just like queens and daughters of the king. And so I'm starting that as well. So I'm always doing something creative. <laughs> That's amazing. And of course, you know, you you probably, the mask thing, you saw an opportunity. Okay, there's a demand. Everybody needs to wear a mask in public. I'm going to make masks. And that's incredible. Do you have different collaboration partners for kind of each area of your life that you work with? Or is it kind of, it really depends on the circumstance? It's like a one-woman show here. I'm like, it is a one-woman show. (laughs) But uh, no, obviously, when you're in radio land, you've got different people. TV land, you've got different agents. So there's always people around who help in incredible ways and guide as well. And I'm I'm always making sure that 
I'm test running things on people and asking people and focus grouping things. I, I think that's a really important thing as well. You can think your idea is brilliant and it can go to market and flop. So I'm always like, you know, reaching out to people going, what are your thoughts about this? What are your thoughts about that? You can get a pretty good guide on what people are thinking. I think in all aspects of your life, you've just got to be willing to not think that you know all the answers, you know, that's the key. Stay humble and hungry. Yeah. It sounds like you've got both qualities there. Yeah. Hungry to create more, but but humble enough to receive feedback. And I yes. think that's a rarity that holds a lot of folks back. At the end of your career, if there's a biography written about your life, what would it be called? What do you want to be known for? Oh, wow. That is huge. I've overcome a lot of stuff. I've gone through a pretty hard divorce. I'm a single mum now and I'm working my butt off and I'm really passionate about mental health. I'm passionate about championing women and those are the things that really excite me. So I think any sort of autobiography that kind of sum that up. I did a post on Instagram the other day where I was really open about my life and just let it all out and about how through some of the toughest times in my life when I was really clinically depressed, I nearly took my life. And I'm really glad I didn't. I'm glad I kept fighting the good fight. And at the end of the post, I kept saying, I am still here. And so that would be the name of my book. I am here that I am still here after fighting through so much. I still made it. And there's still a great plan for me, no matter what that looks like. Wow. You are still here. And thank God you are. I know for your million listeners and the people that follow you, you're such an inspiration. And if somebody listening to this wants to reach out, wants to check out the mask or the denim jackets, or just check out whatever your latest creation is, what's the best way to find you? Uh, the Instagram is always great. Uh, Lucy Holmes official is there, but I'm also a little bit on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook if you search for Lucy Holmes. And I love chatting to people. I love hearing people's stories. I love, I'm a connector. So I love connecting with people. So feel free to, to jump on and say hi. That would be a real treat. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's show, I would love to hear from you. Reach out on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at Paul J. Goldsmith, or you can send me a text to 559-574-3210. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.